welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. We're going to talk about picking up stitches today. So much fun. Some people would disagree. Yeah, I think I just felt the collective groan from (laughs) knitters around the globe going, no, not pick up stitches. And in fairness, this is something that we see really regularly from knitters that come to scratch looking for help. Right. It's time to pick up stitches and either they just flat out don't like doing it. They know how and they're like, I really loathe this process, but I know someone who doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's just overwhelming and they're not really sure what their next steps are. Right. Well, and I think there are a few things that if you know more about them, make this a more comfortable, more accessible, less unpleasant process. For sure. I think that there's like a small set of really common issues around picking up stitches in your knitting project based on the sample of human knitter people who come to our store (laughs) with projects in hand and grim faces. I think first, the most common one is not really being clear about how many stitches they're supposed to pick up. A lot of us are very tied to our knitting patterns and are well acquainted with the instructions telling us to knit X number of stitches. And when you get to a point in a pattern, say, for example, when you are going to create a button band on a cardigan and it says, pick up stitches (laughs) and there's no number, it sends people into a spiral. Well, and there's a reason pattern designers do that, but it's a little bit of a lose-lose from a designer's point of view. If they specify the number of stitches, the people who are knitting the pattern could run into one kind of trouble, and if they don't, they can run into a different kind of trouble. It's not scary, though. We're going to help you figure out what to do. (laughs) Right. I think another problem is some knitters don't feel confident about stitch construction. They're really not clear about what they're looking at. There comes a point in your knitting where I like to think of it as gaining knitting literacy, where you're able to look at your fabric that you've just created and like understand what the stitches are doing. And that comes with time and experience and lots of knitting. But until you get to that point, you've done a bunch of things with your hands and now you have a hat. Right. When I was doing my yoga teacher training, Mm -hmm. we talked a lot about how you have to actually look at the students in your class. And that's really hard to do. I think it's a really common thing for people who are instructing in any way and they're like at the front of the room, whether it's like a school classroom or whatever it is, to get this sort of tunnel vision, fuzzy eye blindness where they're looking out, but they're not actually seeing what they're looking at. And I think people get that with their knitting, too. They're seeing the fabric, but there's like some kind of internal defense mechanism that's keeping them from actually seeing the individual stitches. It's the your stitches can't see that you're knitting naked thing. <laughs> like it's, you know, what? <laughs> you know how people have the anxiety dreams about like, oh, uh, I was in a classroom and I was in front of the class talking and I had no clothes on. <laughs> the anxiety dream. I, I think that we do that in all sorts of scenarios. It's a little different for each of us, but there's something that just lets us tune out what's going on around us so yeah. we can continue forward progress. It's like a conflict avoidance mechanism. And I think, sure, I think like Jessica's very different interpretation of this tells you a lot about how she approaches conflict versus how I approach conflict. But it's very much just like if you don't see it, you don't have to deal with it, Mm -hmm. which is not really the most effective way to, for example, help someone learn to do yoga. It's not really the most effective way to learn to deal with your stitches. It feels very warm and cozy in the moment, though. 
Very fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a couple more things that can be stumbling blocks for knitters as they approach pickup stitch time. People are worried about their knitting looking sloppy. Sure. There's lots of big feelings, and that's totally valid and very much makes sense because we are doing a very slow, slow, labor-intensive... You put a lot into your projects, this hobby of ours, but it's fashion, and like we care about the aesthetics of it. Yeah, well, and very specifically, if we're talking about a button band, assuming that it's a cardigan, there may be some constructions where it wouldn't work this way, but if you're going up one side and around the neckline and down the other side, you're going to end up with stitches that are pointing in different directions relative to what you're doing based on which side you're on, right? As you're moving up, you're interacting with the V of your stitch in one direction. And as you're coming down the other side, you're interacting with the V of your stitch in a different direction, which can really throw people because they feel like what they're doing is different because it kind of is. They're like, this isn't what I was just doing on the other side. I must not be doing this right. Something's not right. It's all doable, though. It will be. It should be by the end of this. (laughs) Let's just dive in. Okay, so the very first thing is the instruction that you're going to get from your pattern. Sometimes you'll see pick up stitches, sometimes you'll see pick up and knit. It's a lot of scary words, but they're not that scary. It's just not really clear. And that's not your fault as the knitter. No, let me just say that right up front. And it's not your fault as the knitter because those two terms are not used as distinct terms. Words mean things, except when we stop letting them mean things. (laughs) They're flammable and inflammable? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. They get used interchangeably. So a lot of times you encounter them in patterns, maybe even from the same designer, maybe not. But you see these two terms and they're both talking about doing the same thing. And generally that thing is pick up and knit. Pick up stitches, if we are taking this set of words at face value, like we're interpreting them literally is that you are picking up stitches along the edge of your work, and that can be along a bound-off edge, a cast-on edge, or a selvage edge, which is like the side of your fabric where stitches have not been live and worked from. And you're just sliding loops of stitches onto your needles. There's no yarn that hasn't already been knit involved in this process. So when I was a new knitter and I would come to the instruction, pick up stitches, that was the first thing I would always do is thread my needle through all of the stitches. Mm -hmm. And what I came to learn is that if the real instruction is pick up and knit, that's actually kind of an annoying way to go about picking up and knitting. At least for me, I found it annoying. Mm -hmm. Generally, when that's the instruction and it really means pick up stitches, It's because you're going to be doing something like joining fabric. Oh, sure. Like you're going to be doing a three-needle bind-off where you maybe you would knit a sweater bottom up and there's a front and a back and they need to be seamed at the shoulder, but you have bound off those stitches. You're not working from live stitches. You will pick up those stitches and then do a three-needle bind-off or maybe you will kitchener them together, but there is a seam, like there is a finished edge underneath that. So you just need to get a needle back into the stitches to do something other than a knit or purl with it. Mm -hmm. Cool. When you're not doing either of those things, you're not joining edges together, you are probably picking up and knitting, though your pattern might tell you to just pick up stitches. Yeah. 
And this means that you are picking up and working your stitches as you move across your section of fabric, whether it's live stitches, bound off stitches, selvage edge stitches. You are involving yarn in the process of getting things back onto your needles, not just picking up legs of existing stitches. I think one reason that designers sometimes choose to say, just pick up as opposed to pick up and knit is that it can feel a little unclear as the person reading the pattern about whether you are knitting into one round and then doing a round of knit or whether you're actually just knitting into one round and then moving on to the next instruction. Mm -hmm. I've definitely seen people come into the shop with that situation where they're like, I've done something (laughs) and I feel like it doesn't quite look right. Sometimes I've seen people pick up their stitch and knit And then slide that stitch back onto the other needle and then knit it again before they continue to the second stitch moving across the fabric. Oh, like making like a crochet chain almost, but with knit stitches. Yes, yes, which creates like kind of a very wonky edge because you've got double height of stitches there. And it's not quite what the pattern has intended for you to be doing. I am going to look for some good videos, too, so we can link these things in our show notes for this episode, because this is one of those things where we're talking about specific techniques, fabric building exercises, and it's hard to envision. We'll give you some helpful visuals in addition to all of our chatting about this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the other tricky thing you can run into is the directionality of picking up stitches. Like, what direction are you working in? Yeah. It's going to be one direction or the other, (laughs) so you got to pick one. And you're in luck because your designer is definitely telling you what direction you're picking up stitches in when you do this. So there's two ways you can go. We're going to start with horizontally because I think that is the easiest. I'm just going to make assumptions about what's easy and not easy for people. This is the easiest. So when I say horizontally, I mean that you're picking up stitches in line with the stitches in your project. So you're knitting a sweater bottom up because my examples are always sweaters. Horizontal stitches being picked up would be if you had to like pick up stitches under the arm. It's still moving in the same direction that the fabric you were knitting is. This also is common in neckbands. You maybe knit a sweater that has an unfinished neckband and then after you're done with the sweater, you go back and pick up stitches to put in ribbing or a cowl neck or something. You'll also see this on hems of sweaters, sleeves, that kind of thing, where it's like same direction knitting. Sometimes you're lucky and you're just picking up stitches that you've set aside so they weren't actually finished off. So you've had them on waist yarn or a spare needle or something, and you're working from actual live stitches. So like this is easy peasy. It's like joining a new ball of yarn or like adding a different strand of yarn for stripes or something. But usually you're picking up stitches that have been bound off, and you're going to do this generally in one way, though recently I learned a new technique for this. Oh, cool. So if you've got your stitches that have been bound off, you are often, if you're going to continue knitting, you're not doing something else, like you're not purling. We're just going to assume stockinette and we're on the right side of the fabric here, the flat facing knit side. You're going to take your knitting needle You're going to identify your knit stitches, which look like little Vs if you're new to reading your stitches, and you're going to insert your needle into the center of that stitch that you're picking up, wrap your yarn like you're going to knit, and you pull it back through toward the front of the fabric. So now you have picked up and knit your stitch. Mm -hmm. Alternately, another way you can do this if you don't like poking through the center of those stitches 
is you can look at your little V, you can slide your working needle underneath the right leg of that stitch. Just imagineer that stitch already existing on a needle. So instead of going through to the back of the fabric, you're going like at an angle just through the right leg and you knit from there. Okay, can we back up a tiny bit? Sure. Because I think this is often a point of confusion, and I know it was a point of confusion for me when I was first knitting. When you say the V of the stitch, you mean the V that is actually in the direction that if you were writing a V, it would be in. Yes. Not upside down, because that's also kind of a V shape, and I think that's where people get... Sure. Very good point. So V like the letter, not V like a triangle point. Like a, not like a letter A shape. <laughs> like capital carrot. A. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> carrot, the thing you would write on a paper, not... Carrot the vegetable. Carrot the vegetable, which could point in either direction, I guess, depending on whether it's growing or being eaten. And it could be like a chubby round carrot and not a... <laughs> this episode brought to you by the Carrot Advisory Council of the Upper Valley. <laughs> Hey, carrots are delicious. <laughs> Out of the grocery aisle, back in the yarn shop. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> I, feel more, I feel more grounded here. So if your stitches have a bound off edge, you might find, depending on the situation, and there may be instruction from the pattern designer here too, that you're picking up underneath both legs of the stitch that is like laying across the top of your knitting. So that bound off edge where it looks like somebody just like flopped your stitches over at a 90 degree angle. They're laying perpendicular to the direction of the knit stitches. If you're picking up instead of the first whole stitch underneath that bound off edge, you need to pick up underneath both legs of it. Right. Otherwise, it gets really gappy. That's yeah. the like sloppy thing people are worried about, I think. Yep. Where you're like, why can I pull this stitch up so tall away from my knitting? <laughs> it's because you're just pulling on one leg of it and it's holding on for dear life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nice thing about picking up directional stitches, like horizontally directional stitches too, is that you know exactly how many stitches you're picking up because you're only working from stitches that already exist. Right. I can't even think of any situation where you would like be gathering or something where you'd be skipping stitches. You're grafting into an existing piece of fabric. Knit what's there. <laughs> all right. But what about vertically? Yeah. Here's where things get scary for people. So first of all, you may or may not have noticed over the last year of us talking to each other about knitting is that our brains work differently. Sure. And I bet there are countless other ways for brains to interpret things, too. And when thinking about picking up stitches vertically means something different to me than what I know it means when we're talking about knitting. So picking up stitches vertically feels to me like it should be just shooting right up out of the worked stitches, which is horizontally because you're working across the fabric. But my brain tells me that's vertically because I'm continuing those stitches forward in my fabric. Oh, the face I'm making. Yeah. And when I was getting us set up for today, I was like, oh, Karen and I think about this differently. I don't even have to ask her. <laughs> well, it's like it's the direction your needle is pointing. The tip of your needle is pointing horizontally what? for horizontal <laughs> pickup and is pointing vertically, except it's all parallel to the floor, right. probably. But like... <laughs> Okay, so if you're feeling <laughs> overwhelmed by directional references, you're not alone. Right. It's okay. <laughs> so when you're picking up stitches vertically, that means you're picking up along the selvage edge of your fabric. 
you may not be familiar with the term selvage edge. I think it is more commonly encountered if you are a sewist. The selvage edge means the finished edge, like the side edge of your fabric. So you are not working forward with your stitches. It's the side fabric that you're creating. I think there's something etymologically goofy happening in this phrase. So the edge in selvage is spelled like the word edge. I would like to know where the sell part of selvage comes from. So I'm just going to put that into the universe and then maybe I'll look it up and we'll link it somewhere. Maybe someone will tell us. (laughs) They can leave us a voicemail. Yeah, so it's along the side of your fabric. You encounter picking up stitches vertically most often if you are knitting socks. Some Some of you you might be knitting knitting socks socks right right now. now. Along a heel flap. So along the side of your heel flap, that's the selvage edge where you are picking up Mm -hmm. to head toward the gusset. Button bands. On a cardigan is another great and common example of picking up along the selvage edge. And is an example of where people can really run into trouble because there's so much fabric. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we're going to talk a little bit about fabric management and stitches in just a minute. You also do a lot of vertical picking up of stitches if you knit things like a log cabin blanket or do any sort of modular knitting where you're just changing directions throughout your piece for whatever construction or aesthetic reason. Yeah, cool. So your picked up stitches are perpendicular to your knit fabric. You need to pay attention to what the pattern is telling you about how you're going to do this. I know sometimes, especially if you're like a confident knitter and you feel like you know how things are put together, we use our patterns as a reference more than carved in stone, we have to do it this way kind of instruction. Consider what your designer is telling you before you forge out into the world on your own on this one, (laughs) because it might be helpful and inform your next decisions if you're not following the pattern to the letter. It is a helpful guide, but the number of stitches might not be stated at all, or you might receive instruction about the number of stitches in terms of ratios. Right. So if you are picking up a button band and your fabric that you're picking up from is stockinette, generally the ratio instruction will be pick up every three out of four stitches. And the reason that you're picking up three out of every four stitches is that stitches are not square. Even though often we read from charts that have little square blocks, this is not Minecraft. (laughs) Stitches are rectangles, and they are taller than they are wide. So if you pick up four out of every four stitches and then knit perpendicular to that fabric, your button band is going to become a ruffle. Right. You will have more stitches than you need, and it will get wide and wavy and give you a funky, like, oyster shell aesthetic. A peplum, but but not where peplums go. Peplum's a fun word. It is. (laughs) So avoid that if that's not the look you're going for. If you are picking up along garter stitch fabric, you are picking up one out of every two stitches. So your ratio is one to two. Every other row, you pick up a stitch. Which feels really comfortable because you're basically picking up where the stitches want to be picked up, where there isn't like the side of a purl stitch. You just pick up the side of the knit stitch. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's accessible in that way because you can really clearly identify where this needs to happen. When you're picking up along the edge, 
be sure that you are inserting your working needle underneath both legs of the stitch that you're picking up. Yes. Will not be happy (laughs) if you just pick up the one leg and then your button band or the side of your sock. Your sock gusset region is kind of like flapping in the wind and looks like it has an eyelet row in between because there are gaps where every stitch was picked up. It's going to be aerated. Maybe you do want that. Maybe they're your summer (laughs) socks. For me, this is one spot where I'm really only using one needle. You're using your working needle. Mm -hmm. There are people, there are people who come into the store who use their non-working needle to like identify the stitch that they're picking up. They stick the point of that needle through. They stick the point of their working needle through and they knit like that. That's like too many moving parts for me. And so I just use the tip of my working needle and then wrap the stitch and pull it through. But that's totally like a preference thing. Mm-hmm. I do that too. I've also seen people who use crochet hooks. Oh, which is totally fine. Like very much however you can get your stitches onto your needle. That's great. But I've definitely seen people take crochet hooks, insert the hook through the stitch where they need to pick up, pull the yarn through, and then pop it up onto their knitting needle. Oh, sure. Which additional moving parts, but there's nothing wrong with it if it's creating your stitches so you can move forward. That's cool. And I think different techniques might work well or work better or worse based on what needles you're using, too. I think it might be easier to pull stitches through with your knitting needle if you're using a very sharp tip. Whereas if you're using one with a more rounded tip, the crochet hook thing might be better. So if you're running into like, this just never works for me. Experiment with different tools and techniques and something will work for you. I think that's a really good point. I also think that whatever yarn you're using may have an effect on how easy or not easy this process feels for you. Yeah. Splitty yarn. Picking up stitches on splitty yarn is a nightmare. We'll get people who will come in and they've run into trouble and they're trying to pull it out and they've like somehow their yarn has like betrayed them and split so that every couple of picked up stitches are actually like going between plies. That's frustrating. That's You're getting pranked by your yarn at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like very sticky yarn can be difficult too. Like if those fibers are just like hugging each other and not wanting to pull through. Or if you're doing this with a boucle and there's like lots of curly spots and additional fuzzy hairs kind of coming off of the strand. Sometimes it's not you. Like it's just not you. (laughs) Right. But if it goes wrong, it's kind of nice because you can pull it out and there is a hard edge where it won't keep unraveling. There's an edge. You're picking something up. You're not going to like keep going. It can only go so far. Yeah, you're in the safety zone. It's fine. All right. So what are some things that can go wrong? Okay. One thing that I've noticed that knitters struggle with is yarn management. And what I mean by yarn management is you're picking up your stitches, you're joining new yarn. So there's no tension on the end of that yarn, and it just feels floppy, and like those first few stitches that you have picked up are kind of elongated and maybe trying to run away from you as you work across your row. So you can deal with that really easily by holding the yarn that you're going to be knitting with, your working yarn, and the tail together for like the first couple of stitches. So you're basically creating a double stitch because you're wrapping your needle with both strands of yarn, the tail and the working yarn. The first two or three stitches will appear to be doubled. 
I wonder if you could also, I'm like making this up on the spot, so it might not work, but I wonder if you could use a tapestry needle to like preemptively weave the end in. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. That might create more problems than it solves. I don't know. I but don't yeah, know. like as just a another way of tacking down that end to create some tension so it isn't floppy because that's annoying. That's super annoying. I'm sure there's probably a hundred different ways to deal with this, but this is my go-to technique. If you do this, when you work back across that row, you just need to remember this one time that those double stitches on like the first two or three stitches need to be knit together. Right. Don't treat them as individual stitches and make yourself a little tiny micro peplum (laughs) at the bottom (laughs) of your picked up edge. Yeah. Treat those double wraps as one. Another thing that can feel like it's going wrong is finding out that you can't get the right number of stitches. If your pattern specifies a number of stitches to pick up and you were like, I cannot do this. Like there's no space for me to do this. Either you're short or you have too many. There can be reasons why. Well, sure, because when you're knitting, I'm thinking specifically of cardigans because there's enough space for this to happen. Mm -hmm. Your vertical gauge your height gauge might not be the same as the designer's height gauge. So when they tell you to knit 14 inches of the body, maybe it takes them a certain number of rows and it only takes you four-fifths that number or something, right? Like that number of stitches that you need to pick up may not be the actual number of stitches that you have in the space that the designer is dealing with. And I will say that I am frequently guilty of this. I will knit a gauge swatch and then I only measure my stitches per inch. Because I think I don't care what my row gauge is. I can just knit more or less to make it the length that I want it to. Right. But this may be a time where this matters a little bit, like if your numbers aren't lining up. It's not an insurmountable problem. It's just an identifiable problem at this point. Right. I would say if you measure your gauge and you find that your vertical gauge is different from the designer, don't change what you're doing. Just know that. If it comes up later, like it's just information for you. It doesn't mean switch needle sizes or anything if you're getting horizontal gauge. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just file that away as like, I may not have as many stitches or I may have a whole bunch more or something. Yep. And I think that this is where knowing your ratios for picked up vertical stitches is helpful. So if you know that it's three out of every four stitches because it's stockinette, just do a little bit of math to make sure that you're picking up a number that makes that two by two rib or the one by one rib or whatever the instruction is for the fabric you're going to be creating. Another thing that can affect your ability to pick up the correct number along an edge is slipped stitches. There are lots of knitters who, when they're knitting flat fabric, will slip their edge stitches because it makes a more aesthetically pleasing, tidy edge. And that is true. It Mm -hmm. does make a much tidier edge. But if you do this and the designer did not tell you to do this and they are assuming that you have not slipped your stitches, you have created a situation where you now have half as many stitches available to you as you pick up. Oh, yeah. So if your piece of fabric is 100 rows long and you have slipped your edge stitches, you now only have 50 stitches available to pick up into at the edge of your fabric. And you could, like if you've already done this, you could probably do something like, you know, if you're supposed to be picking up three out of every four, you knit two stitches into one slipped stitch and then one stitch into the next one and then back to two and then back to one. But really the answer is... 
if you haven't already put yourself in that situation, it's not really going to matter if it gives you a tidier edge because you're going to be picking up into it. So just mm-hmm. don't, don't this time slip stitches. So sometimes it's not just a straight line, though. Sometimes it's like a sleeve or like an armhole, I guess, or a neckline. Yes. And when you're working to pick up stitches along these kind of curved, multi-directional edges, it can feel messy because sometimes you will be picking up along a horizontal edge, like if we're talking about an arm size. So you've got your armpit area and you're working up into the yoke on a sweater where the sleeves will be attached in some way afterwards. Underneath your armpit, you'll be working on a live horizontal edge or a bound off, but horizontally, and then working up the side, there's going to be transitions to like selvage edge picking up of stitches to get you around the curve of that shape. I think the most common culprit of like messy edges there is when you transition at a decrease, there's a little gap, there's a tiny hole, and you see that hole and you think, I'm going to put my needle there. I will fill the hole. (laughs) It's the wrong choice. Right. If you put the needle there into that hole, you're creating a stitch where there doesn't need to be one. And it will get you back into that like wobbly, wrong number of stitches situation where it's just not quite right. I have seen designers who will tell you to add an extra stitch at each of those spots and then knit two together when you get to them in the first row. And that feels to me Like, I am never going to remember to do that. And so I don't do it. And I just close the hole with weaving in ends. Like when it's time to weave in your ends, Mm -hmm. I just knit across that. I kind of wish that, here's my wish for designers. If they are (laughs) going to suggest that to you, they should build that into the pattern and just tell you to decrease on your first row so you don't forget. But there's probably a reason I don't know that they don't do that. And I don't know what it is. Who can say? I just need <laughs> I just need somebody to be standing right behind me and be like, don't forget when I get to the, <laughs> the next row. <laughs> Make a decrease. Okay, stitch management. We talked about yarn management. Stitch management over long edges. So a little bit of measuring. Here is where locking stitch markers are super helpful when you're picking up a button band. So we're just going to use nice round numbers here. Say you're picking up 100 stitches over the edge of the front of a sweater. Fold it in half. You don't even really need to measure. You can fold it in half and put a stitch marker at your halfway point and then fold those kind of outside edges into the middle stitch marker and then place two more at the fold. So now you have divided the front of your fabric into quarters. And if you have 100 stitches, you know that from the edge of your knitting to stitch marker one, you've got to pick up 25 and so on across. So that helps you avoid concentrating too many picked up stitches in one area of your fabric and then being like, why is this all bunchy and weird? And why does that look stretched out and spread thin at the other end? I'm super guilty of that. I will get off somewhere and then I'll get to the end and be like, oh, I have to fit like 20 picked up stitches in like 15 knit stitches. And I'll (laughs) like, it's not good. Yeah. You can get away with it sometimes, but not all of the time. Mm -hmm. And you can avoid it almost all of the time. Yep. Couple more quick things that will make this easier for you. Steam blocking. Oh, Block your fabric. You don't have to do a full wet block, but if you're picking up along an edge and for whatever reason it is not the smooth, tidy, neat fabric that you want to be working from, 
And like, of course, it won't be. It's been shoved in your project bag 150 times before you get to this point. (laughs) Just hit it with some steam from the iron or your little garment steamer. It'll flatten things out. And then you can pick up your stitches and it will be easier to see what you're working from. That's really smart. It's super low effort, high reward. And here is my favorite trick for picking up stitches because it's a common problem specific to button bands. So a lot of times you're knitting a button band, you've worked really hard, you know your stitches are distributed appropriately, and you've blocked, you're done, and you're like, oh no, why do I have the wonky bottom edge of my button band? I pinned it, it's still wonky. Why is this my life? (laughs) It's not you, it's the stitches. It's because (laughs) it's your selvage edge of the button band, and it wants to roll. So if you have a two-by-two button band all the way along the edge, the very outside row of stitches in that two-by-two ribbing wants to curl under because it's a row of knit stitches. Sure. Or it would curl forward if that were a purl stitch there for some reason. The way to avoid this is factor in an extra stitch. So it's two-by-two ribbing all along the length of the button band, except at the very bottom edge. Say we're starting with knits, you knit three instead of two. Right. So you're actually adding an extra picked up stitch Mm -hmm. at both bottom edges. You're not just offsetting the rib because that would need to be more than two additional. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Just one extra one. So that outside edge one is the one that curls under and you can just see your two beautiful even knit stitch rows of your button band. Oh, it's like an illusion. It is. It's not actually keeping it from curling. No, it's just letting the curled one be hidden and not important to your life. Oh, that's a trick. That's a that's a trick. Optical illusion. <laughs> Knitter magic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I did some snooping around on the internet and I saw this in a couple of different places. So I have no idea what the origin of this technique is, but I saw it recommended a number of times and was like, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Where it's people being like, wow, collectively, we cannot find a way to keep this from happening. We're just going to find a way to hide it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yep. Knitters are so smart. Your beautiful, smart, mathy fabric, woolly brains. (laughs) You're a beautiful, talented, brilliant, powerful musk ox. Thank you, ox, for keeping this ship afloat. So good. That work many ways. Mm -hmm. What is horizontal? What is vertical? (laughs) It's confusing. It's not just me. It's all parallel to the floor, which I literally never thought about until I said it out loud. (laughs) So mostly the most important thing for picking up stitches, dear friends, is that you need patience and practice. Sure. And cheerleaders. Yes. You need people to support you. We'll support you. Hopefully your knitting friends support you too in real life. (laughs) All right. That's all I got. But if you have more questions about picking up stitches, you can definitely just reach out and ask us and we can answer your question. What's on your needles right now, Jessica? Socks. (laughs) I'm knitting socks. You might be surprised to learn. I decided to resurrect the cannoli socks that I waved around on Instagram Live when we kicked off the knit along. Yeah. Cast on party because it was the biggest one and the needles were still in the stitches. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I have done my flegal heel. I have turned the heel. And I'm about to start working on the leg, so I am like halfway into one sock. I'm feeling pretty powerful. Yeah, you're in the home stretch. Mm -hmm. What's on your needles, Karen? Also socks. I have two pairs going right now. 
Man, I am going to love that Deliciosa sweater, but it is not social knitting at all. I need to just spend some time like alone with a podcast Mm -hmm. and my chart. So I was like, you know what? Socks. So I have a toe up pair going and a top down pair going. Fun. Yeah. Knit in all directions. That's right. Are you ready for a letter? Oh, yeah, I guess. Sure. So this week's letter comes from Karen. Oh, hi, Karen. Not me. I'm not faking you out. What are ways you keep track of your yarn once the tag is gone? For example, after you've used it for a finished object. For some reason, I don't like to keep the yarn in plastic bags, which I'm sure is an easy way to keep track with a Sharpie, but is there a product other than a self-adhesive file folder label? Good question. And you're maybe asking the wrong person because (laughs) I am super disorganized and I'm not even afraid to tell you all that. I think... Like for storage purposes, particularly long-term storage, plastic bags do feel like the low-hanging fruit here because it's easy to label and it will also protect your yarn from moths. But if that's not your jam, for whatever reason, aesthetics, I'm assuming it's aesthetics, or maybe you live a no-plastic lifestyle. Could be other reasons too, but you're going to have to come up with a creative solution. And I think I don't really have enough information from you about what is your purpose for keeping this yarn. Do you need some sort of catalog system so you can say, I know I knit this hat with this ball of X brand of yarn in this colorway, and you're not actually going to use the rest of it. You just want a record of it. If that's the case, you could digitally catalog it in some sort of way, like take a picture, type up your information and access it at a later date. I think there are people who keep track of yarn specifically for future repairs. Mm. If you're trying to keep track of which pattern is which, like it's not just, this is all of my fingering weight yarn, because you can figure that out with wraps per inch. It's specifically, this is my, you know, this hat, just in case a moth gets to it. Mm -hmm. And if you're just going to keep little amounts, small amounts, low yardage for future repairs, Get yourself some bobbins. And if they're like little cardboard bobbins, like wrap the yarn on there and you could write right on it with a Sharpie. Oh, that's smart. And keep it in some sort of controlled box or drawer or something. I don't know where you want to keep these things, but somewhere where they're all in one place. I know that if you're looking for a specific product, it's a small surface, so it's not super helpful. But Katrinkles makes these little plastic tags that you can write on with a Sharpie. Oh, yeah. So like this is my bag of fingering weight yarn scraps if you're just trying to organize by weight, but you don't really care about what the colorway name was or something. Yeah, I think there are people whose like whole job it is to help other people get organized. And it's not in my skill set, really. (laughs) (laughs) I think that might be it for us this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can listen from our website if that's your thing too, which is makegoodpod.com. You can follow us on Instagram at makegoodpod, and that's where you can see all the knit along stuff. We also just added comments to our blog on our website, makegoodpod.com, so that if you're not an Instagram person, but you still want to participate in the knit along, you can do it there. Just a reminder, if you're participating in the knit along, make sure you use the hashtag so we can see your knit along posts. And that is make good socks. Because of course you will. 
And also, you can support us on Patreon. We post additional content there. So you'll get to see things that we're not sharing on the actual podcast or on our Instagram. It's pretty fun. All of the show notes and everything are on makegoodpod.com. And you can send us questions to dearscratch at scratchsupplyco.com. Because we want to hear from you. You can also hit the little voicemail button on the website and talk to us because then we really get to hear from you. And how fun is that? We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.